The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, we're in a series of lessons um, on preaching from the poets, where we're looking at the spiritual message in popular songs. And there's a couple reasons why we do this series. One of them being is that it is an exercise in discernment. We live in the world, but we are not of the world. And this means that we're not to be blind consumers. We are to be able to discern good from bad. We should evaluate the elements of our culture to determine whether or not they are good for our faith. And this applies to many aspects of life. For instance, does my smartphone hurt my soul or nourish my soul? Are my buying habits good for my spirituality? Is there a message behind the movie I just watched or the song that I just listened to? And we need to be aware of how all these various aspects of culture impact us. Is it for good or is it for bad? In recent history, Christians have often focused on the negative. We've talked about what is bad with the culture. And we need to recognize what is bad and evil. That's true. But we also need to be able to praise the good. And so when Paul goes and he speaks to the Athenians in Acts chapter 17, he doesn't point out all the bad things with their culture, even though he could have very easily done that. There were a lot of bad things in that culture. Um, but instead, he focuses on what's good, what they're doing that is right. And we need to be able to do both. And hopefully this series will help you think about the music, movies, books, TV shows that you're consuming. And, And perhaps you'll be able to start to recognize the spiritual elements in these works of art. Uh, Once we're able to do this, it can also open up avenues of conversation with our friends who are not Christians. You know, Paul sought to convert the people of Athens by beginning a conversation about their poets. Uh, This morning, we're going to look at a a theme that's found in in many songs. It's the idea of brokenness. And, And so all of us, at some point in our life, have probably felt like we were broken. Maybe you had your heart broken. Maybe you just didn't feel good enough. Maybe you made some big mistake and you were overcome with shame. We know what it feels like to be broken. And the primary song we're going to look at is a song that I had never heard before this series. One of our teens, uh, Dusty Rhodes, suggested the song to me uh, for the series. And and I looked at the lyrics and and I was quite impressed. Uh, The name of the song is Broken and it's by the band Lifehouse. And it's appeared in in several TV shows, including uh, Grey's Anatomy, Criminal Minds, and One Tree Hill. It also appeared in a movie soundtrack and was released as a video on VH1. And and it's a longer song, so we're not going to look at all the lyrics this morning. You can go online and Google it and, and find those. But I want to begin by looking at a few of them so we get an idea of what the song is about. The broken clock is a comfort. It lets me sleep tonight. 
Maybe it can stop tomorrow from stealing all my time. I am here still waiting. I still have my doubts. I am damaged at best, like you've already figured out. And then the chorus. I'm falling apart. I'm barely breathing. With a broken heart that's still beating. In the pain, there is healing. In your name, I find meaning. So I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on, barely holding on to you. And you know, I'm sure when most people hear this song, they, they automatically assume that he's probably singing about a girl. You know, it's a broken relationship. He, he feels like his life is falling apart and he's trying to get over it. And, and I get that. But I want to challenge that notion. As I've listened to the song and poured over the lyrics, I'm convinced he, he's singing about something deeper. Uh, the song begins with a cry of brokenness. I still have my doubts. I'm damaged at best, likely you've already figured out. And what we see is this is a lament. And it's similar to what we read in the Psalms. The, the songwriter is crying out that there's something wrong with him. And in the chorus, he states this, In the pain, there is healing. In your name, I find meaning. And I think these lines are very telling. How is there healing in pain unless he is talking about a higher power? What name is it that we find meaning in? If we're depending on another person to give our life meaning, then guess what? We're always going to be disappointed. But perhaps he is holding on to God and hoping that God is going to rescue him from his brokenness. Again, this is something that we find quite often in the Psalms. There is a lament or a confession that something is wrong, followed by a statement of trust that God will be able to deliver. And at the end of the song, we find these lines. Hanging on another day just to see what you will throw my way. And I'm hanging on to the words you say. You said that I will, will be okay. What are the words he's hanging on to? Could it be the words of God that we find in Scripture? The, the Bible includes promises that, that God's going to take care of us and protect us, and yet when life doesn't go our way, we can begin to wonder, you know, when God is going to make good on what He has said. And the laments in the Psalms are full of people longing for God to act on His promises. They trust in God. They know that God's going to come through, but waiting is difficult. And it's especially hard when our lives are broken or we're living in the midst of brokenness. One of the biggest myths surrounding Christianity is that it is about being perfect. And, you know, I've met people who will not attend worship because they think that they're not good enough, that their lives are just too messed up. And I know that this seems silly to some of us, but it's a real problem. And what is ironic is that these are the very people who need Christianity. They cannot forgive themselves, and Christianity is the one thing that offers them the forgiveness they need. As Christians, we seek to be better people. 
being a Christian is being transformed into the image of Jesus. This is the journey that we're on. But we come to Christ as broken people. And there are times while we're on this journey that we feel broken. God is not looking for perfect people. Jesus says in Luke 5 and verse 31, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And so the mission of Jesus, he tells us, is to heal those who are broken. And if we feel as if we are not good enough, then we should turn towards Jesus, not away from him. One of the most faithful followers of God was a man who felt broken at various times in his life. We know this because he penned many of the the laments that we find in the book of Psalms. David, a man after God's own heart, was not afraid to write about his mistakes or express his feelings of brokenness. The most famous example of this is Psalm 51. This is a psalm that David writes after he's confronted about his sin with Bathsheba. And it's evident as you listen to the words that he's a person with a broken spirit. He writes, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He can't let it go. It's just rattling around in his mind. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. You know, we've all had times where we've done something so stupid or so bad that, you know, we just can't let go of it. We just keep replaying it over and over again in our head. And this is exactly what David is experiencing. He he feels the weight of his sin. And he wants nothing more than to be restored, to be whole again. And he uses poetry to describe this feeling of dread. He says, for instance, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin Did my mother conceive me? Now, David is not being literal here. He hasn't been a sinner since birth, nor was his mother involved in some illicit affair. But he says this because it expresses his feelings. He feels as if he is the worst of sinners. He feels as if he's been a sinner for all his life. And he longs to be washed and have his sins cleansed. He goes on to say, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And so David comes to God with his brokenness because 
He knows that God alone can heal him. And he wants a clean heart. He wants a right spirit. He wants to remain in God's presence. He wants to know that God's Holy Spirit is with him. He wants to experience the joy of salvation by being renewed once again. In the pain, there is healing. In your name, I find meaning. So I'm holding on. The key to overcoming brokenness is holding on to God. And if we hold on when times are tough, then God's going to carry us through. He will blot out our sins. He will create a clean heart in us. He will restore to us the joy of salvation. As David gets to the end of the psalm, he finally mentions the word broken. And what he reveals is quite striking. He says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. This is what God desires. You know, we see brokenness as a flaw. When we feel broken, we want to run away and hide. And again, this is why some people don't attend worship. They think that their brokenness is something that they should be ashamed of. They don't want others to know. But David, at the end of this psalm, he informs us that God uses our brokenness. A heart that has been broken is a humble heart. It's not puffed up. It's not proud. And a heart like this is a heart that's been cultivated to receive God. One of my favorite poets is Leonard Cohen, and I believe he captures this idea beautifully in his song, Anthem. He sings out, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. We are all cracked. We have been broken by the circumstances of life. But that's okay because God's light shines through our cracks, to our soul. It is only after we are broken that God can begin to put together the pieces and mold us into the person that we ought to be. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. May God's light shine upon your brokenness and transform you into the image of His Son. Let's pray. Father, we come before you as a broken people. We know that you desire broken hearts and broken spirits so that you can take and reshape and mold into the image of your Son. We pray that your light will shine upon us, that it will shine through the cracks of our broken lives, and that we will become more like Jesus each and every day. Father, as we come to know you and 
study your word and be conformed to your will. May we be lights to the people around us. May we be a light in this community. And may we lead others to Christ and help them and their brokenness. We're thankful that this is possible because of your son. We pray it in his name. Amen.